the Lord on this beautiful Lord's Day. It's good to see each and everyone that is here. We uh, are missing a few this morning, and our um, our prayers and heart and mind are with them. But we're glad to see um, uh, you here today, and we're thankful that God has enabled us, amen, to be here. As Ronnie uh, uh, spoke about already, um, Please make sure that you get a bulletin because we've got these um, inserts that are in them. That uh, has, it's a prayer guide to pray. Um, he mentioned to you one thing from the state of California that they are pressing um, right now to um, to pass. But I want to add that there's something else that recently did pass. And, um, and that is uh, within their curriculum uh, when teaching health to uh, the uh, grammar school kids, um, the LGTP, uh, whatever that letter is, lifestyle, is going to be taught right along with, um, you know, when it uh, uh, couples and not just... Uh, uh, opposite sex, but the same sex, and that that has been approved by the state of California. And um, there was a meeting with the school board uh, recently, either last week or week before last. Uh, and they this is what they issued: that parents do not have the right to opt their children out of those classes. The only, the only way that you can keep your child from being indoctrinated with that is pull them out of the public school in California, put them in a private school for people, and there's many people you know can't afford to do that. But they have told them that um, they cannot opt out. If they go to the public schools in California, they're going to be taught that. Um, I don't know when the church is going to wake up and realize you know, the world keeps cramming their junk down our throats. But yet when it comes time for us to stand up and talk to somebody, we still got this passive attitude, well, I don't want to force this on somebody. The Bible says go out the highways and hedges, and it uses the word compel. What do you think compel means? Does it mean to drop down on your knees and cry and beg and oh? Would you please not compel them to come in? You see, we're talking about eternal things now. Amen. Um, I guarantee you, if I passed a man's house and the house was on fire, and that man, and I looked in the door, that front, uh, front door, and there was somebody standing there, and they was disoriented, amen, and you're hollering at them and telling them to come in. If it was any way possible... Whether or not he wanted to come out or not, if I, had to, if I had to knock him in the head with something to knock him out so I could drag him out, I'd do it. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in the last days the kingdom of God is going to suffer violence and the violent has to take it by force. I don't know what it's going to take for God's people to shake, wake up and realize that if we stay passive and quiet like we always have, it's not going to be long, folks, that we're not going to be able to meet here on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. We have got 
to get active. And the first good step in doing that is joining other people across this nation this coming Thursday, the first Thursday of the month of May. And let's pray for this nation. Amen. And pray that God um, will send us, amen, an awakening and a revival before it's too late. Hallelujah. If you love the Lord, say amen. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am thankful uh, uh, for God's goodness and for his grace. Um, I um, have not been able to do quite a, a whole lot due to, due to sickness and uh, cough and everything, but we did. Was God blessed us some. Um, Wednesday night, was able to teach Wednesday night. And I've been holding back and not doing a lot of uh, singing because you know, I found out that's one thing that gets me going by the time I get ready to preach. But I have a message this morning that God has placed upon my heart. And I feel like somebody here needs, uh, is going through a situation that you need this. And uh, so we're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to go to the book of Mark. Second chapter, and then I'm going to read more verses of what I normally do at the beginning, but we need to read the whole context here to get the picture of what we need to say. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And again, he, had, um, he entered Capernaum. After some days, it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him uh, because of the crowd... They uncovered the roof where he was. I just got through talking about quit being passive about things. Amen. Time to start getting. There's a time. Amen. As one um, um, historical writer said, you may speak softly but carry a big stick. That's a past president said that. But let's listen. Read on just a little bit further. When Jesus saw... Um, so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone, if they only knew? Praise the Lord. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they reasoned us within themselves. He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise. Take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. 
so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Fathers, we come today. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege of being in your house on this Lord's Day. We ask God that you would touch her bodies, anoint us, help us to minister the word that you have given us today, that whoever you have given this word for may receive it and take it through faith. Bless each and every one today in Jesus' name that the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this morning on a subject titled, Breaking Through to a Miracle. Breaking Through to a Miracle. The scripture that I read says that these four men was carrying a cot or a bed of some type with a man laying on it that couldn't walk. He's paralytic. They tried to get into where Jesus was, but everything was just crowded everywhere. There was no way they could come close. So the Bible said they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through. Look up to somebody and say broke, broken through. Hallelujah. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Church, <clears throat> there are times in our lives to where everything seems to flow and just fall into place with not much effort or struggle. I like those times. I don't know about you. I like it when things just kind of happen the way they're supposed to happen. I like it when things just kind of flows naturally, amen, and just just smooth, hallelujah. Amen, I enjoy those times, amen. The best worship in the house of God is when we come in and everybody has left, every, got their minds clear and everything else is on the outside of those doors and we come in here and we let worship flow through us, Hallelujah. But that don't happen all the time. Hallelujah. It don't happen all the time. For whatever reason, when we come in sometimes, we just ain't feeling it. And as Brother Flannery said, if we don't feel it, we ain't going to do it. Never mind the fact the Bible says, let everything that have breath praise you the Lord. I like what Brother Tipton always said. Amen. If you ain't going to praise the Lord, quit breathing. Hallelujah. Because you don't have, if you're a child of God and you don't praise the Lord, you don't have a right to breathe. Ouch, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We should be willing to let the Spirit of God flow through us. Amen. And step out just to prove God and see what God would do. Hallelujah. You know how it ought to be in the house of God. I'm going a little bit different right now, but I'm going to follow the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you what would be great and how we could see some great breakthrough in our services and in our personal life. <coughs> As if before the worship leader even sings the first stanza of the song, people move out of their pews, stand around the front, lift their hands and start praising God and worshiping God and telling God how much you love him and praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we have a streak about us that it seems like it takes something hard in our life 
to push us to that point. Amen. We are not willing to worship God on our own. We've got to be pumped. We've got to be prized. We're not willing to let the Lord flow in our life. Amen. And give him praise. Hallelujah. If we could only get a hold of something, that we would see more miracles, more salvation, more people born into the kingdom of God. If we did that, hallelujah, we act like we expect God to do all the work. Not willing to put no effort ourselves. But in these times when things flow together and everything just falls into place with not much true effort or not much struggle, it's in those times that we can rejoice and praise God for his favor and grace. But there's always one of those, ain't it? In the Christian walk, there also are going to be times of struggle, conflict, and indecisions over what is right and where do we go from here. It is in these times that we realize only a miracle will suffice to help our situation. How long has it been? Maybe there might be somebody right here today. But how long has it been since you was facing a situation that you knew it was going to take nothing but a miracle? Hallelujah. There's sometimes we face things, it's a little tough, it's a little hard, but we're able to, to push through. We're able to get past the struggle, amen, and overcome. But there are other times in our lives, and I believe there's at least one person here today because God has given me this word. There are times in our lives that it's going to take a miracle to get us out of the situation that we're in. Now, in the text that we read, we see that there was a man who was beyond the point to where he could help himself. Amen. This man who was being carried, there's no way he had any power to help himself. He was beyond that point. He was beyond the place of being able to help himself. <clears throat> now, there was either some family members or some friends, the Bible doesn't say, but there were some people who attempted to get this man to Jesus, but all normal avenues was blocked. Amen. There have been going to be times, and I believe some of you can testify today, been times in our life that we try to go this way to get to the Lord. We can't seem to reach him. We turn and we go this way or that way. Every situation, every place that we look, amen, we come against a brick wall and we can't seem to get to the place. Amen. And it's in no sign, church, that we're beyond the place that we can help ourselves. Hallelujah. We need, amen, a helping hand. We need a miracle from the Lord. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Here's these four people carrying this man. And they get, and they, they tell you, you know, we're going to do something good. We're going to help this man. 
He needs a miracle. And Jesus is the only one around here that we know of and we've heard of lately that can work in the miracles. So they was trying to get him to Jesus. I wonder. I wonder if I was one of those four. It took some effort. It took some work to get this fellow as far as he was. Hallelujah. They were having a struggle just getting this man to Jesus. And I wonder if I was one of those four people. And I get there and we see we couldn't even get close to the door, much less to try to get in. If I was a modern-day Pentecostal, I looked to the guy across on the other side. Well, we've done our, we've we've done our best. We've tried. We've done the best that we can do. Let's take him back home. That's exactly what the devil wants to hear you say. That's exactly what the devil wants to see. Amen, coming from your lips. Well, then he'll come sit with his little imps on your shoulder and he'll pat you on the back. Don't feel too bad. You've done the best you can do. Nobody expects you to do more than what you've done. You've carried this this man two miles down the road. Ain't nobody going to expect you to do it. Ain't nobody going to feel bad at you. Because look, you tried. You tried. But I want to ask you a question today, church. How far are you willing to go today before you look at the Lord and you look at a loved one, a family member, or a next-door neighbor and say, well, I have tried to lead you to the Lord. I've done the best I can do. I'm just going to have to reside and let you go ahead and be lost. Think about that. How far are we willing to go? That man who couldn't walk, I imagine he was pretty well happy with his friends because that's not the way they thought. They looked around and they said, look here, we ain't come this far to turn back now. You want to see a revival in America? You want to see our churches thriving again like they used to? You want to see miracles transpire? Amen. The world, amen. Literally, people's fingers had been cutting off and they were put back on and wrapped up and oil pulled over them in the name of the Lord and God healed them. <coughs> and we have got to get to the mindset. We got to get to the place. So look at here, devil. I don't care what you have put in my way. I don't care how you have tried to stop me and tried to hinder me. I've come too far to turn around now. Hallelujah. I walked too far down this road and I refuse. Hallelujah. I don't care who gets mad at me. I don't care who does say I ain't going to talk to you no more. It don't matter because you don't know the battle I fought to get to where I'm at right now. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead and laugh at me when I praise God. Laugh at me when I lift my hands. 
but you don't know the cost of my praise. You don't know what I have been through to get where I'm at now. Oh, glory to God. One guy looked at another and said, look, I don't know about you, but I ain't stopping until I get this man to Jesus. I'm not stopping. He needs a miracle. They know physician around can help him. He needs a miracle. So they didn't turn around. They didn't back up. Hallelujah. There are two things I want to share with you as when you're in need of a miracle. I don't know what everybody's struggling here today. I don't know what you're going through. But a wall of some kind has blocked you. But you need to break through for your miracle. There's two things that will help us do this. Number one, when you get to a, a brick wall and it seems like you can't go no further, seems like you've tried everything that there is to try. I don't know about you, but the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to have an introspection of my life. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to have an introspection of my life. Here I am. I need to break through to a miracle. It's, it ain't going to come the normal way. It's not going to come the natural way. I've got to some kind of way cause the Lord to intervene in my situation. I've got to get a breakthrough. So I'm going to have an introspection in my own life. When there is a need of a miracle in your life and it seems as if you can't reach the feet of Jesus, then you realize there must be a breakthrough to reach the Lord. Oh, my Lord, what is the first avenue of approach I should take? The first should be an introspection of our life to make sure that we are walking in full and complete obedience to God. Hallelujah. It's easy to get sidetracked in this world. It's easy to get us looking and focusing on something else other than the main thing in our life. And the main thing in everybody's life in this building today should not be your family. Hello? Shouldn't be your job. It shouldn't be nothing else but Jesus. Now, I realize a lot of people ain't never got a hold of that yet. A lot of pe people just don't realize about what it means to put Jesus first. But if we want to break through to a miracle, man, I have tried everything. I have fought all these battles. But here I am still struggling. Here I am still fighting. God Search me. <clears throat> Look in my heart. Am I living totally in obedience to you? Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 5. 
Amen. And let's just read verses 9 through 11. Hallelujah. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Anybody remember the man named Naaman? What was the matter with Naaman? He was a leper. He was leprous. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious. Follow me now. Naaman really needed a breakthrough. He needed a miracle. There was no cure for leprosy. No cure whatsoever. He had to have a breakthrough. Somebody told him there was a prophet of God that worked all kind of God. So finally, he chose to go to check this out. The prophet of God didn't even go out and meet him. He sent his servant out to him. It said, the man of God said, go dip yourself in Jordan seven times. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me. After all, I'm, I'm captain of the host. I'm somebody. That's one reason why you can't get no further with God right now. You're going to have to get past yourself. You're going to have to realize that you ain't nobody, that he's everybody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Man, he, he stepped on Naaman's pride a little bit. Man. He didn't think enough about me to come out himself. He had to send a servant out. Instead of Naaman being obedient, he was furious. And went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. <laughs> Glory to God. How many times have we sat in the pews in a congregation where there's constantly things being asked saying we need volunteers. We need helpers. We need people willing to step in this position and that position. But we don't ever think about stepping forward ourselves. We stay where we're at, and then when somebody does step up and do something, they could have done that a better way. Why are they doing that that way? You know what I believe God says? Shut up. You should have stepped up when you could. 
Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. The church has got far too many armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> well, hallelujah. It's easy for me to sit back in my chair and watch a game and get all upset with this one because they did that. They, 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 they yinged when they should have yanged. Hallelujah. And I know, I know how to solve this problem. I can handle it. When the plain facts is, if I was not in that chair, if I was out on that field, I would be killed. <laughs> if I was out there on that field, there's no way I could be doing what I'm telling them other folks they should be doing that's out in the heart of the field. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Here was Naaman. Well, I thought that he would just wave his hand. Amen. He was in need of the breakthrough of the miracle. And the only way that he was going to get his miracle and get his breakthrough is when he got past his stubbornness, his pride, his haughtiness, and humbled himself and obedient. Church, we've got to be totally obedient to God in everything. We can't leave one thing undone. We've got to be totally obedient to the word of God. You know what? If you go back and read the story, somebody told Naaman, so look here, he had told you to go do something great. Wouldn't you do it? But no, he told you to do something that will cause you to have to humble yourself. Amen. So, here comes Naaman. He goes down to the and he scratches his head again. He said, the Jordan River, man, that's muddy Jordan River. Man, I've got two or three rivers back in my country, my homeland that's a whole lot better than this. There again. Church folks always looking for something better when they don't want to get involved in what God has given them. But he, I have a feeling Naaman had suffered that leprosy so long. He was tired of the sores. He was tired of everybody shunning him. He stepped off in the Jordan River. One time, came back up. Was there any change? No. Two times, dipped himself, came back up. No change. How many times are you willing to persist and to obey God to the fullness? I'm here to tell you, church, if Naaman had walked out of that Jordan River after six times, he says, man, there ain't no change. I'm going back home. Would he have gotten healed? He wouldn't have gotten healed. So he went down, Brother Douglas, that final time, that seventh time. And he came up, amen, and his skin was like the skin of a baby. Hallelujah. He broke through to his miracle because he was obedient to the word of God. So when we come against the wall, we tried everything. Oh, 
always take some time to do some self-introspection to make sure you're totally obedient to what God has told you. Then, the second part, we got to hold on to the wind. we got to hold on to the wind. So many of us quit so soon. I would love, I would love to be able to step in a time capsule, time machine, and go back 25 or 30 years to a Sunday night on 1901 Meridian Street. When it's, you look at the clock and it's not 8 o'clock, it's not 9 o'clock, it's 10 o'clock, and people are still around the altar because there was hungry souls praying to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and not one person in the church willing to leave until this person got what they needed. Hallelujah. We don't worry about nothing else. We hold on. No matter how long it takes, no matter what the struggle is, we hold on. Genesis chapter 32. We're going to start reading verse 22. Hallelujah. Let's read this story. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man which by the way was a, an angel of God a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day now when he saw that he did not prevail against him he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said, let me go. That's what, that was the angel crying. For the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hallelujah. When you got to have a breakthrough to a miracle, it ain't going to come in 20 minutes. It ain't going to come sometimes, amen, in an hour. But you have got to have a mindset to, amen, that listen here, I'm in this thing for the long haul. Amen, I'm going to, I need a win. And Brother Jeff, I'm going to hold on until the win comes. I wonder if anybody here today thinks that your life is in a wreck. 
If you feel like your life is in a rig, don't, don't feel alone. Nobody has ever been messed up as Jacob. His whole life up to this point had been based on deception and lies. His whole life up to this point, now he was at the crossroad. Now was the time, the telling time for him. Jacob had been running from his past his whole life. And he had to realize that if he wanted to embrace his future, and walk into the destiny that was ordained for God for him. Follow me now. He had to quit running. And he had to stand and face his past head on. Come on somebody. So he wrestled with the angel of God. And the wrestling took part just about all night. The angel even knocked his a hip out of joint, out of socket. But that did not break the grip that Jacob had on the angel of God. And the angel of God was calling to him, let me go, let me go. Jacob, he was needing a breakthrough. He was tired of all the stuff that he'd been through. He was tired of the running he was tired of hiding. There, even, though, even though he had a call of God on his life and God had blessed him here and there. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God blesses us sometimes here and there because he loves us. And he want, he's trying to let us know he's got something better for us. But don't think because God is blessing you today that God's totally, amen, uh, um, that he, 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 he's, he's totally pleased with everything you're doing today. That's where some people get messed up. Some people say, well, the Holy Ghost hit me, and I spoke in tongues on church Sunday. So God must be pleased. No, that's not the truth all the time. That's God's mercy and grace still in your life trying to get you to where he wants you to be so he can lead you to the full destiny he's, he's calling you to. So here, was, here he was. Come here, Ronnie. <coughs> when you turn around that way, you're the angel of God. And you tell, you tell me, I ain't going to do it. Let me go. No. No. Let me go. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. You've got to bless me. If you want to go, you've got to bless me. I've been in this place too long. Hallelujah. I've been Think back, Brother Kyle, and everybody listen to me close. I'm on wind down, I'm fixing to close, but listen, this is important. Jacob had received a blessing before. But it was not a blessing 
fully applied to his life because it was a blessing obtained by treachery. Jacob had a brother by the name of Esau. Esau was the older brother. And according to the to Hebrew law, the firstborn male was the one who carried the birthright. And when every father, before he died, this is scriptural. And this is why we still lay hands on people today and pray for healing and other stuff. He would lay the right hand of blessing upon that oldest one. And the oldest one would receive the inheritance and carry on the family name. Jacob's mother was partial to Jacob. And she overheard her husband tell Esau, go to the field, get me some venison, fix it the way I like it. I'm going to eat it, and then I'm going to bless you. His mom told Jacob, says, I'm going to go out there and you get a kid. I'm going to fix it the way your father likes it. You bring it before him and let him eat it and so you get a blessing. He first objected. He said, but mom, my brother, even though my dad's eyesight is bad, the Bible says his eyesight was bad. He couldn't see good. My brother's a, he's a hairy man. He's all over, all over his arms and everywhere. Esau's back had more hair than what son of you got on your head. Hallelujah. So they disguised, uh, devised a scheme. Put some, got some hair on his arms and all of that, and put on his his. Uh, his brother's got one of his brother's garment. You see, Jacob had a call of God on his life. And I, thank you, Lord. I knew that you was carrying me here for a purpose. God has got some people in this congregation that like Jacob, he's got a calling on your life. Jacob, God intended Jacob to be the foremost, but he never intended Jacob to receive it the way he got it. God never allows lies, deception, and disobedience to be the cause of his blessing. So here was Jacob now, years, years later. He had to come to grips with his past and everything that he'd done. He'd been blessed before, but he was crying for a blessing now. And the reason why he's crying for a blessing now, he knew the last time he was blessed, 
He wasn't blessed even in his own name. Because as he stood before his dad, and his dad asked him, who are you? He said, well, I'm Esau. Go back in the scriptures and read all this. His daddy couldn't see good. But yet, something, something just don't smell right. So he took him by his arm and he smelled. He said, he felt his arm. He said, maybe his hair all over his arm. He got the smell of Esau. So he went ahead and he blessed Jacob. But he got blessed in the name of his brother. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. It ain't all in the call. I don't care what you might tell me God has called you to do. You ain't going to never see it come to fruition unless you come to total obedience with God. You get everything taken care of in the past. When the angel looked at Jacob, he said, he asked him, he said, what is your name? The reason why he asked him his name is the last time that he was asked what his name was, he lied. He told him his, he told his daddy his name was Esau. The angel of God says, okay, buddy, you want a blessing? What is your name? Because God has had a blessing in the storehouse of heaven for years, ready to bless Jacob. I need you to tell me your name. He said, I'm Jacob. I'm the liar. I'm the thief. I'm the supplier. He finally stood and faced his past. He finally put it all down on that altar as we talked about praying through the tabernacle. He got it all down. Even though God has blessed me a little bit here and a little bit there, I know there's so much more God wants to lead me into. <laughs> but I can't walk into it. When he said that, the angel of God said, your name now no longer is Jacob. It's going to be Israel. And you're going to walk from this day forward. And all the things that I have called and ordained for you. Because you was willing to hold on until you won. I'm closing. If there is a miracle needed in your life. If you've been struggling about something. It may not be about you. It might be about a loved one. It may be about something else. 
if you realize what you've been praying for is going to take a miracle. You're like that paralyzed man laying on that cot. You're past the point of being able to help yourself. We're going to open up the altars. And we're going to allow you the opportunity to break through to the miracle that you need. But when you come, come willing to be obedient in everything God has asked of you. Come saying one final bye to the past. Never to look back again, but to press forward to what God is calling you in your life to do. Breaking through to a miracle. Let's stand together.